This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program, the Friday show, but I'm going to confuse you because it's going to sound a lot like the Thursday show because Paul is live in studio. Our apologies for the technical difficulties that kept us off the air live yesterday. Everything worked fine Monday, everything worked fine Tuesday, everything worked fine Wednesday. I don't know what happened yesterday, but we got here and we couldn't make a connection. So we're here and we're live today. We love your live calls and questions. All you have to do is call us by dialing 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, it's 630-5757. If you uh, want to email a question, you can email questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free uh, Calvary Chapel mobile app. If you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now banner at the top of the screen. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Our main number, one more time, is 340-9585. Now, this is going to confuse us, Paula, all weekend about what day it is. Yeah, when I go home today, because I'm thinking it's Thursday, I'm going to be waiting for you to come home. Where is he? You're going to miss church? I, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I better, it's Friday, it's Friday, it's Friday. Okay. Yeah, you don't want to miss church tonight. This, this uh, Ephesians, we're in Ephesians chapter 1 at 7 o'clock tonight. And um, it's just so filled with blessings that nobody wants to miss oh, this, is my, this one. Where? Uh, he's deposited himself in me, and I'm guaranteed heaven. That's right. Yeah, I need to hear that again. If you need to feel safe and secure and wrapped up in his arms, mm-hmm. this is the Bible study for you. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're going to be doing. You can watch it online at calvaryessay.com at 7 o'clock. Hey, just a quick note. We are going to expand to two in-person services uh, beginning Sunday, uh, 8.30 and 10.15. And then as the people coming back, the size of the crowds dictate, we'll add back our regular third service uh, in the future. So uh, we would love to have you join us if you are uh, willing and able. If not, you can watch com Sunday as well. So, Paula, what was in your heart yesterday? I forgot. That's a long time ago. You know I'm old. <laughs> it's not going to get any better. You just had a birthday. I just had a birthday and somebody, I just had lunch with one of my friends, and she said, so you're 69? I was like, oh, no, girl. <laughs> That's Pastor Ron. <laughs> I'm 68. But then I said, ooh, I thought Jesus would be back before now. But, yeah, 68. But, yeah, it's not going to get any better. I'm going to say, what's my name? <laughs> Where? I'm driving my car. Where am I? See, if you just show up on Thursdays now, yeah. not, not Friday, but if you, I'll just keep saying, Paul is live in studio so you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> and keep saying lies. <laughs> well, um, until I can't. Yeah, until you can't. Yeah. That's right, because you are older and everything. Uh, well, if you didn't listen to uh, Lauren Heberling's Alf, I, I, I think I'm going to call her Lauren Heberling Alf for the rest of her life. Yeah. Well, it's not really better, so she'll probably just go back to Heberling because that's what I'll remember when I have short term memory. Anyway, um, her. Her sweet summer devotion. And it was basically, do you trust me yet? And evidently, we're still, she's still, we're still in that, do I trust you yet? You know, because things keep happening. And so she was so cute. And she was asked, you know, like last minute. Um, the, other, the other lady who was uh, scheduled to teach um, 
she was unable to. And so I called Lauren on Tuesday night. So she had Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to prepare. The cutest thing is she was already prepared for me to call her because she was, she'd been reading through the Bible trying to get it done in, I guess, 90 days. And so as she was reading, and she says this in her devotion, she says <laughs> every once in a while the Lord would say, ooh, that'd be a good scripture for our sweet summer devotion. <laughs> and she's like, N- what? No, no, uh-uh. And then she'd read some more. And, and, she, and she's, for, again, obviously the radio audience doesn't know her. She's painfully shy. Yeah. She she always has been, uh-huh. and and the, the idea of her being in front of a crowd yeah. was like overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, God had been preparing her the whole way. Yeah, and she was so cute because another scripture would come up, and he would say, "Ooh, that'd be a good one." <laughs> and, and, and she was like, "I've been here twenty one years, and no, that's that's not my calling," you know, kind of a thing. And, and he would like chuckle. She said. And she would go on reading, and, and another scripture would come up. He said, that would be really a good one for <laughs> So you all out there, every once in a while, the Lord will just put your, put your name on my heart, so be ready for any kind of drive-by. <laughs> so it was so cute. But, you know, uh, she's had a lot of things come up in her. And she's still so young. I think she said she's 25 or 6. 26. 26, yeah. Um, and she's had a lot of things come in her life. And, you know, the Lord would say, I got this. You can trust me. Do you trust me now? You're kind of a thing. And she was like, no, no, evidently I don't, you know. And yet she's one that when God says, okay, do this, she's going to do it. And so that's what we've been talking about forever and ever. Um, and, and the two brothers were, the dad said, would you do something, you know? And one said, no, I'm not going to do it. And the other one said, sure. And the one who said, sure, he didn't do what he was supposed to do. The one who said no, he took into account that it was his father who was asking, who he loved very much and knew his father loved him. He ended up saying, yes, okay. So who really loves his father? And Lauren is one of those, that old family. I love that family. They are all like that. If God says, okay, I want you to do this, I want you to go, or I want you to wait, do you trust me now? And and they all are like that. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it's a pleasure to know them. And uh, I know the parents uh, sometimes listen to the show, and I pray that they're listening today. You have done very well. Your family has watched you remain faithful. And so, don't ever stop. Mm-hmm. A lot of fruit. You know, Paula, when I watched it um, online, um, I, I was, uh, because she's shy, mm-hmm. um, I was so blessed by how forthcoming she was, yeah. how vulnerable she yeah. was. And it wasn't like a beat myself up kind of message. It was just, these are the struggles of my walk with faith. Mm-hmm. And these are the ways God has overcome each and every one of them. And yet when I'm standing here now and he says, do this, I'm, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. And, and she just was very honest and open. She is a, a young woman um, who's been here since she was six years old. Mm-hmm. She's um, uh, married, has two children. And um, she, um, she, she, she just really didn't hold anything back. And she's lived a good life. I mean, she's not been a bad girl. Yeah, oh no. But she's, she's, um, she's struggled, and she was willing to admit that. And and that's the way we can fix things. We got to admit that you know what I haven't got this figured out yet. Uh, this walk by faith is not supposed to be easy. People think that walking by faith, you know, God will just sort of touch you and you'll be so bold and you won't have any more doubts. Mm-hmm. It's just the opposite just of that. Just the opposite, yeah. And um, when we take those steps of faith, then we're never more aware that it's God who's actually doing the work. Mm-hmm. And we just get to participate. Yeah, yeah. See, you know, uh, talking to younger people or parents with uh, teens, college age, she said when she went away to college that the people who knew her said, oh yeah, you're a Christian? You wait, just wait. 
we're going to, before this is over, we're going to make you drink, smoke, or uh, her words, get laid. And she said, no way. She said, but they really tried. They really tried. And her stand got her beat up a couple of times and just really persecuted, um, but persecuted for righteousness sake because she still never gave in. Isn't it amazing? Uh, you know, you, you said you were 68. I'm somewhat in that area. Yeah, you're, you're, you're around there. <laughs> um, but, but, but when we grew up, Paul, it was just the opposite. The good girls, the, 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 the young men who wanted to pursue morality, mm-hmm. they were the ones who were looked up to. They were the ones that got voted student body president mm-hmm. or class president. They were the ones who people went to for, for counsel. Um, and, and they were admired. And now it's just the opposite. Yeah. Uh, the the man or the woman, the young man or woman who's standing for God, and this is happening in high school campuses, university campuses, the the young man or woman who says, you know what, I love Jesus and I'm going to do what he wants me to do. That's the person who's going to be persecuted and that's the person who's going to be sort of left out of all the things and in this case actually beaten up a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just we had another young woman who worked at our church and she got a job at a local Sonic. And um, when they found out, the employees, who are all young, when they found out that she was a Christian, they said, oh, no, we'll change all of that. Mm -hmm. And they, too, really, really tried. And they got to the point where they didn't want anything to do. When they're frustrated, they couldn't make her sin. Mm -hmm. They they didn't want anything to do with her and just made life miserable. What's happened in our world? Yeah, And, you know, that young girl that you're talking about, um, she hung in there for a year because... She wasn't a quitter. I mean, sometimes we get a little, oh, man, they, they hurt my feelings or they're talking so bad about me. And we quit. We run away. And yet this girl, she was, a, I think, a junior in high school. And her junior and senior year, she hung in there going to work every day, being the best employee early, working hard as unto the Lord, and kept her testimony Pure. How many of us older people can say that? And um, the, what what happens is when other people who are trying to persecute you take you down, when they get in trouble and they need something or someone, she's the one. Those are the ones that the people go to and say, wow, we really put you through the ringer. How did you persevere. Yeah, I, I remember her talking to me about it when she was going through it, and she said um, she felt like the Lord when she took the job and made the commitment. She felt like the Lord said, give it a year. Mm-hmm. And instead of responding, as you indicated, to how she felt or the unfair things that were happening, uh, she kept that commitment to God. And, and you know, I was thinking, Paula, uh, when, when Jesus was baptized, uh, and the Holy Spirit came upon him in the form of a dove. Um, the first thing that the Holy Spirit led him was to uh, a wilderness temptation by the devil himself, no, yeah, in, yeah. in fact. And, um, you know, sometimes God leads us to those places where our faith is really tested. And it always hurts. It's never easy. In fact, it's difficult. But um, God says, you know, let's let's do this together. And that's exactly what happened with her. So... Amazing. She's I love the Sweet Summer Devotion series, but you're almost done, right? I'm almost. We're almost done. Yeah, we have one more uh, next Monday, and that's Tanya Pinnell. I have no idea. What, well, I never know what anybody's going to say. Um, I'm always totally pleasantly surprised, and so I can't wait to hear. Well, what Tanya is as a, a blessing to me. When whenever I say this about somebody, it's a, one of the biggest compliments I can. Bait somebody. Okay. So I don't mean it in any other sense. But Tanya's a tough girl. Yeah. Now she's she's a woman. I, I guess mm-hmm. I should say. But mm-hmm. but but she's Rolling tough. Children. She's a grandma. Yeah. And, and sp- spiritually, her, her walk has been steady, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm anxious to hear what she has to say. Me too. Me too. Um, focusing on Jesus. You know, Pastor Ron. This week, as I was praying earlier this week. I was praying, and it was like the Lord said, peace be still. 
among all the waves, the wind and the waves. And, you know, we had that picture up above our fireplace. And there's seven different people, you know, male, female, black, Asian, white. And uh, Tiger Woods is in that boat. You know, it looks like Tiger Woods, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, like a young Tiger Woods. Looks yeah, just yeah, like him. yeah. Uh, Lord, I just lift up Tiger Woods even now and ask you to <laughs> bring him to salvation. Um, but anyway, uh, at the front of that boat, Jesus is standing out there. And he puts his hand up and it says, to the wind and the waves, peace be still. And I just thought, you know, and you're talking about those times when, you know, you're on the mountaintop. Um, and Jesus has spoken to me and everything is going great. And then something happens. And, uh, you know, I had my peace for about a minute. And then things happen and, you know, kind of lose it. And then I have to re- rewind and say, man, the same Jesus that uh, raised himself and from the dead lives in me. So I want my the life the life of Jesus to be raised and the death of Paul to stay in the grave. And sometimes that doesn't always work out. And yet, the encouragement is um, he's still the same. You know, uh, the best example in Scripture of that whole principle, Paula, is Elijah. After the great victory against the false prophets on Mount Carmel, um, um, you know, he's all bold and confident one minute. Oh, maybe your God is asleep. Let's shout a little louder. Maybe we can dance a little bit. And and, and, and yet then he dug trenches and and uh, water after water after water him and still the fire of God consumed him. And he had this great victory. And then he gets a message that this woman Jezebel has promised that, that she's going to kill him. He will be as those prophets. And, and, and he ran. He ran for 30 miles. And the whole time, God, this isn't fair. God, I'm the only one left. God, you need me kind of thing. And um, that was, of course, when God spoke to him, but not in the earthquake and not in the wind and not in the fire, but but he spoke to him out of a still, small voice. And I think on the mountaintop, when everything is great and we've got goosebumps, um, it's so easy to trust him. But we start that descent into the valley and our eyes are looking at other things and our heart is moved by fear and and he was simply afraid and and God basically said to him your time is up I'm going to take you to be with me soon go get your successor and 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 see I I know we don't God doesn't do the same thing to us that he did for Elijah and Elisha but I'm always sort of on guard against this idea that that if I give in to fear or if I fail, um, then God's going to say, okay, well, let me just bring somebody else in who's going to do what I asked him to do. And Elisha was bold enough to say one of his conditions, okay, give me a double portion mm-hmm. of, of your anointing, Elijah. And, uh, and that's exactly what happened. So it's just one of those... One of those things. We'll come back to this in a moment, Paula. We got Ray holding on line one from San Antonio. Ray, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hello, Pastor Ron and Paula on Friday. <laughs> yeah, she looks just as beautiful on Friday as she does on Thursdays, Ray. Oh, probably even more so. It's the weekend <laughs> coming. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <clears throat> You know, I I got to listening as I was holding, and I have lost my train of thought. Woo! woo. Oh yeah, I know how that goes. Oh, <laughs> I lose my train of thought. My glasses. Yeah. Ray Paul, Paul always tells me when I forget something I, it, or she forgets something, she says, "You know, it's not going to get any better." It's it, it goes back to uh, not the very beginning, but. Uh, before you you uh, were going, and I don't know if you can if you can refresh my memory because it was kind of pertinent, but uh, maybe frivolous. 
<laughs> hey, we got a second half. If it comes to you, write it down this time and then call us back in the second half. That'll work. <laughs> oh, okay. I I lost my crayon and my wall is still here. <laughs> His wall is still there. <laughs> uh, it happens, Ray. Was it something? Was it something about the sweet summer devotion? The comment that we were making. Uh, before that, maybe. Oh well. Oil well. I don't have one, but yeah. Okay. I'm glad I don't because the oil is down. <laughs> well, if, it, if it comes oh, back to you, you're free to you, If it comes back to you, you're free to call second time. Thanks, Ray. Okay. God bless. Okay. <laughs> See, I, that's Ray. You always tell me what it's not going to get better. It's not going to get better. I'm so I'm thankful. I think I think Ray's just a little bit older than us, and that's a praise the Lord right there, right? Somebody's older than us, man. <laughs> we love you, Ray. Oh, so it's on me still? Yeah, it's your show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Friday, oh, but it's still your show. That's right. Okay, so, you know, I was looking at Naomi and Ruth and this um, uh, trusting trusting God and, uh, you know, everything was going really, really well for a while in in Bethlehem. And then all of a sudden that famine came, you know. And uh, so the man from Bethlehem and Judah Elimelech, that's the name, right? Uh, he, took, he took his wife and the two sons, and they left their land. They left their home, and um, they went to Moab, where they shouldn't have been. And uh, then Elimelech died. Naomi was left with her two sons. Too bad she didn't have the wherewithal to say, you know what, boys? We came over here because, you know, husband dad's and is the one who leads us and he was in control at the time but we were supposed to come over here just for a little while but we need to go home and um, go back to um, the land that God has for us but either she didn't have the nerve or she did and they said no it doesn't say all of that in here they just end up staying in the wrong place for too long, and so her two sons married Moabite women, unbelieving women, um, and it says, but about 10 years later, the very thing that the husband, father, never would want to happen, so the father's gone, and now the two, the two sons are dead, and Naomi, who I'm sure he loved and wanted to protect, is left alone without her two sons or her husband. The goodness of God is incredible. Verse 6 in Ruth 1 says, Then Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had blessed his people in Judah by giving them good crops again. In a place she was not supposed to be. And God is so gracious, you know. Um, He's always reaching out, calling out to those who truly belong to him, come back to me. Come back to me. And so over in Moab, she heard that the Lord had blessed his people in Judah, which means she had to get up and go back to Judah. If she's going to be a participant, a benefactor in the good crops again. So it says Naomi and her daughters-in-law got ready to leave Moab to return to her homeland. Now, you know, this is a Sad, bitter, hurting woman um, in the wrong place. Um, kind of like um, when you see a, I can just imagine her head is down as she's kind of trudging back home, um, kind of maybe like the prodigal son. What am I going to say? What am I, what am I going to say? You, you know she was because she changed her name. Call me bitter. Yeah, that, <laughs> that comes up, yeah. Don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. I'm bitter. And then she blamed the Lord. But anyway, uh, go back. She told, uh, she told those two girls that they should go back. That I'd never get. They should go back to their own families and, and their gods. Come on. Naomi, she really had gotten bitter and forgotten how good God was and and is. Um, 
But Ruth, I love Ruth, even as an unbeliever, you know, she, she saw something, and that's still God too. She saw something in Naomi that says, your God really is God. You've forgotten who he is, but your God really is God. I'm going to help you in your walk. I'm going to go back with you. And you know, Paula, she must have seen and remembered who Naomi was and her heart broken that she was now Mara. Yeah. But, um, and of course, she turned out to be a faith giant. So, hey, we've got 30 minutes left on the Friday Day Day edition of the Word to Stand Up for Life, 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. This is a special edition on Friday, the Day Day Show. We'll be back in two minutes. If you have questions about the Bible, you can send them to Pastor Ron and he'll answer them on the air or reply directly to you. Email your questions to PastorRonKSLR at gmail.com. That's PastorRonKSLR at gmail.com. back to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh <laughs> welcome back to our final 30 minutes of the week and paula being here makes it special so we'd love your live calls and questions you know paula when you're talking about um the circumstances under which naomi was taken to moab um, you know, it's a, a, a husband, uh, a father who who um, wants to do the right thing. I got I got to take care of my family. I got to feed my family, and so he he made a decision that seemed right to him at the time, and then of course it turned out um, to be a horrible decision. And I was thinking, relative to the study just this past Wednesday night, on um, on. Um, Abraham and Sarah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, as chapter 17 opens, there's been a, a, a period of 13 years that has gone by. And and because Abraham and Sarah did what seemed right to them, you know, take Hagar, my maidservant, have a baby by her, then that, he'll be our baby. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it never works out the way we want it to uh, when we do what we want instead of what God wants. But but the, the whole idea is that it was 13 years then of silence. Couldn't hear from God. God didn't um, um, seek him out. Um, there are consequences when we do what seems right to us. Instead of, for, for uh, Limelech, instead of saying, well, well, God, what should we do? A Jew has no place in Moab. Well, what, what should we do? God would have said, stay here, trust me. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did what seemed right to him, and of course, a lot of pain develops. And um, you know, that's a consistent theme throughout Scripture, and it's happening all these thousands of years later. Whenever we do what seems right to us, we get a little bit of relief, we get a break, we get a little bit of grain. You know, there was some grain in Moab because it was a, a harvest, but it just doesn't last very long. And that grain turns sour, and and it just doesn't really have um, any long-lasting positive effect. We find ourselves parched and empty and and lonely and separated from God. You and, called it wasting disease. Yeah, well, God said, I'll send a wasting disease and, and on the people. That's exactly what, what happens when we're out of God's will. Mm-hmm. And when we're out of God's will, um, we're not able to hear from the Lord. And that's the worst time of all. When we, when we liken that to the time that we live in, when there's so many things to be afraid of, there's so many things that are outside of what we have grown used to in this country. Um, you know, I'm afraid of this wasting disease. And the answer is always the same. Be in God's will. And uh, that's what's so impressive about Ruth is uh, she said, nope, I'm with you. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. And, of course, we know she shows up in the genealogy of Jesus. Mm -hmm. She's David's great-grandmother. And um, God works all things together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Yeah, it's kind of cool because, you know, like you said, uh, Ruth saw something in Naomi back in the day. 
and I'm sure at the beginning Naomi was was talking to her daughters-in-law about certain things because um, Ruth knew about, or maybe you can correct me if this is, doesn't make sense, but uh, she knew to go out to the harvest fields to glean, you know. I don't know if that's worldwide back then or was that just like a Jewish law? That would have been something she'd have been taught by yeah. her mother-in-law. And, by her mother-in-law. And um, she would have seen, you know, the, the sons apparently were good Jewish men mm-hmm. and they were observant of the law and, and they would have taught. So, yeah, no, that that's good fruit comes from, mm-hmm. from home. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that she was, like you say, a good girl, kept herself uh, pure. And then uh, when Naomi says... Uh, Go lay in the in the on the floor at his feet. After a certain time, you know she's got to get all dressed up and smelling good and stuff like that. Wait till the harvest is over. Let him get comfortable and lay down, and then you go and lay at his feet. And in that way, you're saying, um, "I'm available to you for marriage, nothing else." Um, and if I know you are a kinsman redeemer. So, I mean, Naomi had been teaching all this time. Now Ruth knows the things to do, and she's following to the letter everything that Naomi has said. I mean, once we turn back to the Lord, all the things that we kind of forgot and hadn't been doing come back. You know what that says to me? Naomi was rebooted. (laughs) <laughs> Had to get it in there. Of course, of course it says that to you. <laughs> you know, Naomi's sort of personal revival began with Ruth saying, no, no, your people will be my people, your God will be my God, I'm with you, heart and soul. Mm-hmm. And and that was, that was God saying through Ruth to Naomi that, you know what, you may be bitter, and you may have been the victim of a husband who was outside of my will, but I've always been with you. Mm-hmm. What, what did God say to you? I love you, and I always, always have, have, and I always, always will. will. That's right. Well, that's what, and and that was her personal revival. And when she would see God beginning to move with Boaz, mm-hmm. and Boaz was a man above reproach, he made sure that this cute Moabitess was well taken care of, and it was just God taking care of her. Mm-hmm. And I personally, and you know, I've said this when I've taught the genealogies of Jesus. I love the fact that. That there, there are some people that we would consider a questionable character in his genealogy, mm-hmm. and she was one of them. And yet, her character was absolutely sublime. She was not a Jew. She was a, a Moabitess. She lived in the middle of filth and squalor and wickedness, but uh, she remained untouched by that wickedness. And um, Naomi, I'm sure, had a lot to do with that. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, you know, you think God is always reaching out, and nobody is outside of his 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 eyes. He's always watching. And you think, you know, Ruth, a Moabitess, what, what does she have to do with God? Well, God, he says, you know, I love everybody. Oh, oh don't let me get started, Pastor Ron. I, I, I We'll say, all lives matter. Okay, so <laughs> sorry, it just came it came to my head, and I was like, do I say this? Yes or no? Yes, all lives matter to the Lord. Um, he only created yes, Adam and Eve, but everybody else, He's in love with and very concerned about, and so um, that Naomi and Ruth would meet. God knew all of that, and He knew that Ruth would be used to um, encourage Naomi, and Naomi would then be encouraged to show Ruth the ways of the Lord. She would walk in obedience, and I mean, they both get incredibly blessed as a result. Ruth gets Boaz. I mean, the people, the workers in the field, usually, you know, not usually, there's some bosses like, toe the line, you know, you know, but he's coming in, he's 
these people have have jobs they get to glean in the fields and he's saying the lord bless you and they're saying back the lord bless you we got a good boss now that's elimelech's relative i've been thinking this whole time pastor ron had elimelech stayed where he was supposed to stay his family members could have and probably would have gathered around him to try to help him and his family but sometimes pride in a person I got this. I'll take care of myself and my family. So I'm going to leave where I should be, and I'll go handle it myself. Uh, Paul, I don't think it was pride. I just think it was mannishness. <laughs> we, we men you know, rise, kill, and eat. Oh, and that's and not pride. That's well. It's just it's my job, my responsibility. Okay. And we do that. People say, well, you know, I got to work two jobs. I got to support my family. Mm-hmm. Well, well, not if it's causing you to ignore your family. Not if it's causing you to miss out on the will of God. You see, that's the, that's what you're really supposed to provide for your family. And I think uh, Elimelech was just like most men are and have always been. Uh, we, we see a problem. We want to fix that problem. So we take care of it in our own strength. And it isn't very long before we find out that we didn't have any strength at all. And that certainly was the case with, uh, with Elimelech and the people that were depending on him. Um, you know, they were afraid of dying because of the famine. They, they The boys ended up dying anyway. Yeah. And, um, um, you know, sometimes when we men are outside of the will of God, it causes bitterness to develop in uh, in our wives, the, the women who are supposed to be able to trust us, and we're, we're just not very trustworthy. Hey, uh, one thing I want to say before, uh, there's a lot of people listening who, who may just be tuning in or who don't know Paula, but... But um, the woman who just said all lives matter, and of course that's the truth from God's perspective, is a very beautiful, very black woman who uh, loves God with all of her heart. So um, that's that's one of those things that maybe I wouldn't have said, but she can say. And that's something God would say to all of you. Look at your brother, your sister. Look at the people, your neighbor. Um, remember that that they all have such value to the Lord. And it's our job to care for them. Mm-hmm. I had a, a question today. Um, says the question was, and I don't want to use names. Um, well, that particular family seems, you know, like you're really close to them. And I said, you know, Pastor Ron and I were talking about that very thing just the other day. And we are close to people who let us in. If they open their hearts to us, we're so willing to open our hearts to them. And we are truly family, where even their kids call us grandma and grandpa. And that's not just one family. We have, we have quite a few families in the body that's like that. And, um, uh, and so if you want to open your hearts to us, our hearts are open wide to you. You, you know, you, we spend time with you. You spend time with us. We're really family. And then there's others who are just a little aloof or maybe a little shyer, quieter, or maybe like when we first came here, um, I would have the women's prayer breakfast. It started at 9 o'clock, and a whole lot of people, Pastor Ron, had never been in the pastor's house. <laughs> and so they don't know. Boy, were they disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the people would come in, and I was like, what in the world are they doing? They walk in because I said, mi casa, su casa. I was trying to do my Spanish thing back in there. <laughs> and my house is your house, so, you know, if you want to look around, go ahead. It's nothing fancy. Um, but some would stay till like, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Th- that doesn't happen. Well, now with this pandemic thing, no- nobody's been coming over. But even before that, that stopped happening. But it took a while because people had never been in the pastor's house. And that's where he sleeps. <laughs> Um, and so uh, I think a lot of it is they just didn't know they could be that close to the pastor and his wife um, because, you know, you gotta, you're up on the pulpit and they're in the congregation and never the two shall meet. You teach and go home, but that's not how we are. And so that's never been the way it's supposed to have been. You know, in the early church, they loved one another so deeply. So, so earnestly that uh, even the unbelievers um, were favorable. They said, boy, th- these people really love one another. 
And, you know, there's always been this this sort of very Western teaching that said, no, no, you're the pastor, you're the priest, you're you're above the people. Jesus called that uh, the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, and he says, I hate that doctrine. Um, um, and so there's this, in their mind, there's just this separation, and that's exactly the opposite of the way it should be. Um, we are to not only to let people in, um, but but we're to embrace them and we're to protect them and to love them and it's not a um, um, a distant relationship. It, it's it's supposed to be close and the truth is and and we used to struggle with this a little bit, Paul, because there were some people who would be a little envious of a relationship we had with somebody else and and we just say, look, our hearts are open for anybody and everybody. You surrender your heart, we'll surrender ours, and um, you know that's what families do. Mm-hmm. And while the church may be a huge dysfunctional family, um, when we come to church, when we're in the body of Christ, um, then that family closeness is supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And when people are, are unwilling, I, I, I understand there are people that are distant, people that are shy, people that are afraid. I understand all of that. But... Um, just from the beginning, we've let people know that if they let us in their hearts, uh, boy, we'll give all of our hearts mm-hmm. to them. And, and again, I think that's always the way it's supposed to be. That's the way it's supposed to be. Um, yeah. We were out on my birthday last Sunday, um, and we are at a restaurant, and so it's it's my birthday, you know. And so they they wanted to give me something, but they don't have... But they don't have anything in the dessert section, you know, we already had our food that was gluten-free. And so they said, well, we want to give you something. I said, well, you can give my daughter. Um, the, and I don't have a daughter. Uh, you can give my daughter, who is sitting at the table across from us, um, whatever she wants, you know. And so she ended up taking a piece of cheesecake. I, I thought a bagel. And her husband said, a bagel? <laughs> is that a dessert? And so he said, do you want a piece of cheesecake? And she said, yes. But they call me mama all the time. And I get to call her daughter. And that's the way we want it to be. Um, I have some in this body who... They're about the same age as me, and they just can't call me mama. That's what they say. But they can call me sister. And uh, that's how I like it. Mm-hmm. I'm, we're really family. People will say, are you guys really related? And we say, yeah. You know, but we don't really lie all the way. We don't want to lie in Christ. But, yeah, we're really family, and we will be together, mm-hmm. not just here on earth. But in heaven together, it's going to be better, more sweeter, purer there. But, yeah, that's my daughter. And I'm her mom. You just made me feel bad because ladies say that they can't call you mama. But I have men who are my age. And they never say, I don't look <laughs> too old to be their their spiritual dad or something. So, Sorry. Just, that's just Sorry, babe. That's just happening. That's the way it's so. been all these years. <laughs> Paula, I think Ray's had an epiphany. So Ray's Uh-oh. back on line one. Ray, thanks for calling back. Now I won't go to sleep worrying about wonder what Ray wanted to talk about. You're on the air. Well, I'm still wondering what that was. But when, when, the, when the word aloof came up, it sparked my, my soul. And I there thought, well, goodness sakes alive, what, what is that all about? And, and I thought, well, aloof could also be... Uh, on the other side, you know, uh, I, I think that's kind of a negative sort of a, a, an attribute, aloof. But uh, on the other side of that, which is in the same vein in my mind, would be just very shy. And, and I would like to know, since I can't remember what the beginning <laughs> of my, my question was earlier... But it, it did spark me, and and I'd like to know if you've got any comment on that, and I'll listen on the on the radio. Okay. Thank you, Ray. Appreciate <laughs> it very, very much. Um, yeah, you know, shy people um, miss out on a lot. 
um, and and they don't need to. I realize that there are times when people are asked to do something that sort of brings them out of their comfort zone, but almost 100% of the time, Ray, when that happens, it's the Holy Spirit saying, no, stretch out, stretch out, make yourself vulnerable. You know, uh, Paula, and and she said this to ladies thousands of times over the years, she said, um, um, heart open, hands down. And that's so contrary to to what we're taught and what is instinctive. You know, I can't keep my heart open. Somebody's going to stomp on it. And I, if I don't keep my hands up, then people are going to get too close. They're going to end up hurting me. And I think at some point we've got to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you. Mm-hmm. I think, Paula, that's an important part of our walk with the Lord, simply forgetting who you are, forgetting what you're comfortable with, and saying, okay, Jesus, I want to be who you are. One of the great things that we've seen in our 25 years here, um, and we've seen it over and over and over, is some of these really, really shy people open their hearts, and they become sons and daughters, mm-hmm. and they become brothers mm-hmm. and sisters. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, that's what, that's what Lauren was saying, um, I think, in the Q&A time. I don't know if she said it in their study, but in the Q&A time, she said, you know, I'm very shy. Um, and you know, have not let people in. She said, but that's over. <laughs> you know, she gave her testimony and she said she realizes because this has happened with pretty much everybody who's ever given a sweet summer devotion that now because she's exposed and she did such a great job, um, she knows that other people will be coming to her asking her kind of, how did you do that? You know, um, how were you able to and you know she's so full of joy she's just a fun person um and so she said yeah i i know that's over <laughs> thanks mom paula <laughs> well you know she she talked about uh the the struggles that a young married couple has mm-hmm. and you know in 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 church too often we like to pretend oh no praise the lord god bless you hallelujah everything is fine mm-hmm. but but you know to walk through those difficulties with people who have had them and overcome them uh, is is of great value mm-hmm. to the church. So, yeah, she's got a lot of people who yeah. who uh, are, are going to be asking Beating her Beating down counsel. her door, asking for counsel. You know, another thing I really um, try to notice, babe, when people come to church alone, and, I, you know, I try to go to them, and, and sometimes they're sitting way in the corner, up against the wall, and I want to tell them, you came here by yourself. Good for you, because that's not easy to do, you know, to come into a, you know, a church full of people. And, you know, especially if you're new, you're like the new kid in school. These people all have it together. They're already family. You think you're the only one, but I'm going in here. I'm going to sit in. I, I need to be at church. And so I try to find those and say, if they're girls, you know, is this your first time here or um you came by yourself. Um, yeah, I do have a husband, but I'm checking out the church first, and then I'll let him know, which is just the opposite of the way that should be. But anyway, um, I said, you want to sit in the front row with me? <laughs> yeah. Immediately say, oh, I'm uh, so sorry. Yeah. Man. Sometimes I've had very few say, sure. But most of them say, uh, no, maybe, maybe next time. <laughs> but they're very shy, and yet they're here. And so, Ray, you're right. Aloof is one thing, but very shy is another thing altogether. Yeah, and I think aloof is more intentional. Uh-huh. Like, uh, get away shy from Shy is just, don't. well, this is a, 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 a pattern of life that I've fallen into, and, mm-hmm. and it keeps me comfortable and protects me. Yeah. And that's why it's so important that people stretch themselves. Yeah. You know, yeah. I talk about my old Stretch Armstrong doll when mm-hmm. I was a kid mm-hmm. growing up. He used to love to stretch those arms and legs. Well, God loves doing the same thing. And we resist that with with force. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we need to do is just ensure that uh, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Paula, we are inside about three minutes. Okay. And we have a call coming yeah. in. Okay. Sweet. So, I guess stretch yourself. Okay. And for anybody who, uh, you know, some of those my friends, or those who haven't let us or me in to their lives, some will say this, oh, I just know you're so busy. And this is what I always tell them. I'm kind of busy. 
well, I'm not that busy. I'm not that popular or whatever, you know. If I'm too busy when you call, I'll let you know, but then I'll call you back. But I'm not too busy. If you want to let me in, I want to be in. And so um, don't be shy. And, you know, when you, when you withhold yourself from people, you're missing out on, on the treasure that, that so many people really and truly are. Yeah. And they enrich your lives yeah. so bountifully. Yeah. And, um, you know, when we um, take a step of faith. You know, I used to be afraid to let people know who I really was, too, because I didn't like her. I didn't like myself. And so, you know, that's the most uh, like with uh, Ronnie and uh, Melissa's testimony. You could tell that was that first time, their first time telling their testimonies. And they had some things uh, that they were sharing for the first time ever and um, a little bit ashamed, you know, of some of the things that had happened to them or that they had done themselves but they were so vulnerable and it just opens them up to to be able to be used by the lord to say you know hey he can he can use you he can use anybody he can change you he can you change everybody and now that they're open and vulnerable man is god pleased with them Paula, we had a call from kieran and we lost the call. So, Kieran, if you're listening, we Aww. love you. God bless you. Hey, thanks for tuning in to a special edition of the Date Day edition on Friday. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. May the Lord bless you and keep you. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4 And Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio.